Welcome back to Mind the Gap, everyone. We have a great episode for you today. We're going to start off with Best of the Internet, and then we're going to roll directly into our NFL Conference Championship preview. Only three real football games left, so we're going to give them our all. Great episode of you coming up. Let's go. And welcome back, everyone. Today is Saturday, January 29th. How are you doing, Sammy? I am doing wonderfully. This is our uh, second attempt of recording an episode this week. Chris, want to explain why there was no episode earlier this week? What happened there, buddy? Well, I wouldn't say second attempt because the first attempt worked fine. It was just that you uh, didn't send me your files until, like, Wednesday evening. So I thought it wouldn't make sense to put up an NFL recap on Thursday. Well, to be fair, you asked me for the files Tuesday at 10 p.m., which seems like an odd time to ask somebody for files when they're not home. I asked for the files. I asked for the files directly after. No, we you asked the for you texted me Tuesday at 10 p.m. saying, "Can you send me the files?" Seemed like a little bit of late warning for a Tuesday recording. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was 10. I texted you Tuesday at, at 7:51 because I was out at night and I did not see it until I got back. And by that point, my mother had her computer in her room, and it was too late. So, uh, well, we do have the ranking episode segment from that episode, which we will be releasing next week, I believe. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a, a long one, a lengthy one, so we're going to do our yeah. best to keep this episode pretty brief for you guys, because I figure... But we, know how that always, but we know how that goes. We no, I'm serious this time. It never is. All right, well, if we want to keep it brief, then let's just get right into it. Best the internet first, Correct. Yeah, so how about you go first, Sammy, because you have more than me this week. Perfect. All right, so I have two quick ones and then two more lengthy ones, but the two quick ones are just fascinating headlines that I have to do some research into. So uh, there was a record set on January 26th, uh, the coldest marathon ever. All right. Chris, can you guess how cold people could run a marathon in? Where did this marathon take place? Well, it took place in Siberia, but just how cold could it possibly be for people to run a marathon? And just to let you know, the, the, the winter finished in three hours, so it wasn't, like, slow. Like, they were still moving. Like, a three-hour marathon is quick. This man ran in three hours and won the race. Negative 10. Okay, so the Siberian Marathon set the record for the coldest of all time. It was run at minus 63 degrees. Wow, that is absurdly cold. So I'm just going to ask myself. How do you myself, survive how, in that? What were they wearing? Were they wearing like parkas? They were wearing, I see this guy and he's wearing like a, a total head coverage, but it just looks like he's wearing a big jacket and like ski pants. It doesn't look like anything crazy. But imagine running I a marathon just, in a big jacket and ski pants. I just ask myself, how is this possible? Like, I'm not sure how it's possible to run a marathon in 63 degrees. Negative, like, would you rather run a marathon in negative 63 or in 120 Probably 100 and, and uh, I, I don't know. I feel like they're both equal. I feel like 120 is probably more dangerous. Maybe not if it was dry and you well, drank like, a lot of really? food. I feel, I, like, I feel like negative 63 is more drastic than 120. I feel like the equivalent of negative 63 I think that would be pe- like people would die to try to run a marathon at 120. Like they'd have heart attacks. 
Okay, well, a man actually ran a marathon in negative 63 degrees, and he finished it in three hours and 20 minutes. He won. The fastest lady won the race in four hours and nine minutes. But there was a large group of people that actually ran this marathon, and it is shocking how that could occur in negative 63 degrees. And it was said that the race was actually moved to the morning because in the afternoon the temperatures were dropping to negative 76. So uh, thank God they uh, really the really 10 degrees there makes a big difference apparently. But that is the headline: negative 63 degree Guinness Guinness World Record for coldest marathon ever. That is pretty crazy. Yes. Okay, Sammy, uh, let's move into my first one. Have you seen Fight Club before? No, I have not, but I've heard about it. Okay, so I have seen it. I will not spoil the ending for you because it's one of the greatest twists kind of in cinema. But basically, part of what happens is that there is one of the characters' plan to kind of erase world debt by blowing up this building, this, like, banking building, Okay. So that's kind of one of the, the climactic bits of the, bits of the movie, is they're trying to erase the debt by blowing up this building. And in the movie, this kind of is explained in this long, this whole ending arc is explained in this complex kind of allegory about consumerism and culture and all this stuff, right? It's a, it's a really good movie. It's now being shown, the movie's being shown in China in theaters right now. And in China they cut out this whole ending sequence and just put up a title card that reads through the clue provided by tyler the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all the criminals successfully preventing the bomb from exploding after the trial tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment he was discharged from the hospital in 2012. i have a feeling that this is related to squid games what what do you mean what? You watch Squid Games, right? Yeah. It's about like how a ton of Chinese people are in huge debt and in order to cancel debt they do crazy things. Uh I I mean I guess. I mean the, the Squid Games came out 20 23 years later. No, but it has nothing to do with Fight Club. It has to do with them putting the the thing over the actual destruction scene cuz oh. like Ch- I, no, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, the- I don't think it was that. I think it was just that Instead of having the criminals blow up this building and kind of go on with their lives, China decided that that wasn't acceptable for the Communist Party. So they, instead of showing this whole like thing at the end, instead of that, they just changed the whole ending to make it so that the guy gets arrested immediately and the bomb doesn't go actually, off. Actually, I see what you're saying, but I actually see this in a different way. Squid Games became a huge worldwide phenomenon. and it Not kind in of China. To light. I don't think they, surely they didn't well, allow it to be seen in China. Well, it brought to light that there's a lot of people in China that have huge debt. So I think the Chinese government didn't want the Chinese citizens. Wasn't it not set in? Wasn't it? Wasn't it in Korea? But it, yeah, it was. But it's the same. It's not. I think it's like I'm not gonna say it was. Like I, I don't think it's like just like a, a right. I wouldn't assume it's just an issue in Korea. Correct. No, no. I I, I like I don't know how widely spread it was in China because of the censors. I'm just gonna say that I think it might have to do with that because. I guess they don't want. What if like a Chinese citizen who is in a lot of debt sees this movie and is like, "Oh, like they blew up a building and they like all their debt's gone now." Like, what if like they get any ideas? Right? You don't think it has to do with that? I don't, because it's not entirely realistic. So you don't think they don't want like Chinese citizens to get an idea to do something bad in order to get rid of? 
I'm sure they don't, but there are also movies where, like, they watch the Marvel movies, right? Like, there, there are movies where things blow up. I think it's more just, like, they don't want, they want the criminals to get arrested in this movie because it's China. And they, I think, that, okay, fair I think you're reading like, you way too far I'm, into this. I think they, I think it's just funny. But you funny. see where I'm coming from, right? I think it's funny how they changed the ending of this movie to, from this whole extended scene to a single kind of title card that explains how the police won in the end. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I saw this, like, from a Squid Games. Like, a lot of people in Korea, a lot of people in China might have a lot of debt. Like, the Chinese government doesn't want people, like, blowing up things to get rid of their debt. Yeah, fair. Maybe, okay. Maybe. That's my Move it along, Sammy. Move it along. Uh, all right. I got three more. This one's just a quick one. So, a dog. We all know what a dog is. Uh, it, it ran away from home, and it got stuck in marshland. You know what marshland is, right? Like, it's, like, swampy like marsh, stuff yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. And it was very wet, uh, so it was, you can't couldn't access it by, like, car. Or you, you really couldn't walk out there, right? So there was this car. St- oh, my God. There was this dog stuck in a marshland, and the tides were rising. And if the dog was there for any longer, the, the tide would sweep it away. And it, it, it's a dog that really couldn't swim that well, apparently, so it would have been in trouble. You can't walk out there, right? You can't bring a car. Chris, how do you save this dog? I have no idea. It's a puzzle. So, the dog is stuck in the wetlands. The tide's rising. You have to get the dog off the wetland. Chris, give me one idea of how you could save the dog. You're saying you can't walk out there? No, no, you can't go out there to the dog. Uh, You could try and lure it back in with, like, some treats. That is actually as close as you're going to get to guessing it correctly. So, they dangled a sausage from a drone. So, they flew a drone and they connected a sausage to a string. And they flew the sausage out to the dog. And they dangled it in front of its nose consistently. And lured the dog out of the wetland by dangling a sausage in front of its nose. And I thought it was kind of hilarious. Because then you watch the video and there's just a, a sausage just floating in midair. And the dog is just chasing a floating sausage around the wetlands. And eventually it goes back to dry land. That's awesome. It did work. The dog was successfully saved because of the flying sausage. I'm very happy for that dog. Yes. All right. Go again, Chris. So my final story is about uh, a weed church in Madison, Wisconsin. What does that mean? So basically, um, there was this church called Lion of Judah House of Rastafari in madison wisconsin where people could sign a card to become members of the church and then receive sacrament from the church in the form of marijuana as long as they gave a donation to the church so is that in the bible i i don't think so but basically it became just like a a, a weed like you could just buy weed from this church except so that it wasn't actually i'm getting the sense it wasn't actually a church it was no a, no wait. it was not actually a church it was a way of selling weed by making it sound better. But it, it like it was technically a church. Like it became, they went through the legal stuff to be to make it an actual church. But it was just a way to like sell marijuana. Yeah, but it wasn't really selling because you'd receive it as sacrament and then and then give a donate like a a recommended donation to the church in exchange well, for the sacrament. Well, where did this Where did this take place? In what state? Madison, Wisconsin. And so weed was decriminalized, not legal, but decriminalized. So the police kind of just ignored this thing for a very long time and it was just like it wasn't it was in its old convenience store right so it wasn't actually in a church 
It was just in this old kind of rundown convenience church. People would go there, they donate, they get a sacrament. It became very popular because it was right next to the um, Madison, Wisconsin campus, right? So it became very popular. And it actually, it was working very well until uh, until one t- until one day someone came and didn't give their recommended donation. So one of the two guys running the church uh, broke his knees with a baseball bat. And then the cops got involved and arrested everyone. But for a while, it, it worked out very nicely for everyone. Everyone so involved. That one, so that one guy had to ruin it for everybody. Yeah, the one guy, by not paying for his uh, sacrament, just ruined the whole thing for everyone. Uh, so just to clarify, anybody can legally make a church anywhere? I don't know. I don't know if it would work other places. And I assume that it wouldn't work. They tried it again. Because obviously the cops legally could confiscate all the weed right because or, or unless it's changed the laws have changed since then um but i assume that they you're still not like you can't you still can't sell it at a license right so the the cops could arrest everyone there and they just decided not to but if it were to happen again i'm sure they'd they'd take a different tact that's actually quite interesting i'm not sure didn't know you could just turn a rundown convenience store into a church but that's quite interesting chris thank you for sharing yeah you're welcome uh, I got two more. Might as well just finish this off. Yeah, All right. bang so, out, Sammy. This one has to do with Pablo Escobar's uh, cocaine hippos. So you've probably heard of them, Chris, correct? I have, yeah. Well, apparently they are wreaking a, a havoc on a fragile ecosystem, and it's actually bringing into question some humanitarian slash ecosystem questions that people are struggling to answer and are arguing over. So... As you may know, Pablo Escobar in the 1980s, he imported a bunch of African animals, hippos included. Uh, when he died in 1993, most of the animals were actually either put in zoos or sent back to Africa, maybe. I'm not sure. But all I know is that the hippos were the only animals that were actually set free into the wild. Uh, four. Four of them were set free into the wild. Uh, there's 120 now roaming Colombia. But they technically are an invasive species. And the scientists in Colombia have estimated that given the population rise, the population of the hippos will quickly reach 1,000 hippopotamuses. And that's a lot of hippos in Colombia. This is raising questions on whether they should remove the hippos and kill them off or whether they should let the population grow. Because at this rate, it's actually estimated that there will be 1,000 hippopotamuses roaming Colombia in the next decades and this is a problem slash not a problem in some people's minds in some people's minds it'd be cool to have a large population of hippopotamuses roaming wild in Colombia but yet again it does pose some issues every year in Africa 500 people die because of hippopotamuses which is a lot more than I thought in Africa 500 people die a year from hippos that's a lot of people and also the discharge from the hippopotamuses is getting into the rivers in Colombia and killing native fish so I just thought to share the story because it's quite interesting that the hippopotamuses from Pablo Escobar's drug cartel are now in the hundreds and will soon be in the thousands if nothing's done and scientists are actually considering killing off some of them to keep their population minimal because they're fine with having a few hippos wandering around, but if it gets to thousands and thousands, then it might become an issue. So as of now, there's kind of a standstill. No one knows what to do. Some people think it's wrong to kill hippopotamuses, especially since they're somewhat endangered in Africa. 
Uh, so, Chris, what do you think? Should we let them grow out of control, or should the hippos be killed off slash put in zoos? I think let them grow. I think they uh, they add some spice to the Colombian, you know, nature and uh, animal population. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We have our final answer. Chris says it adds some spice, so they must stay. Uh, last last thing I want to mention, which I thought Chris would find interesting. Did you see the news article on the SAT? I did. I did. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's it's not. I, initially, I thought when I saw fully online, I thought that's going to be super different, and they they shortened it by an hour. So that I mean that is pretty different. But really, I believe they just. just you, you still go did. to the place and you just you take the test it's just on like a computer now as opposed to being paper so that actually makes sense right like i assume it's easier for them to grade all these tests online as opposed to with the scan i mean not the scantron's hard right but it makes it easier for the students right because you don't have to like bubble in the separate answer sheet you can just do it directly on your computer yeah so i, I feel like initially i was like oh my god this is this is such a radical change and really, I think the more significant thing, well, overarching, I think that the most significant thing is how these colleges are moving away from these tests. And honestly, I think that, I don't know, 10 years from now, I doubt, first of all, that any college is going to require these tests to be taken because we're already seeing that because for the COVID stuff, a lot of all the colleges made them optional because kids couldn't take them straight up. And then these colleges saw the benefit of not requiring it because they would get applications from places that they don't normally see them from, from kids who might not have done as well on the standardized tests, but have like a 4.0 and are still pretty qualified for these schools. And so I, I doubt they're going to go back on that now. And I just see the SATs and, SAT and ACT becoming less and less relevant in the, in the coming decade or so. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. This definitely raises some questions. So obviously, online brings in some concerns. It says you can actually bring your own laptops and computers. Is how are they going to prevent cheating? Correct. That's that's one of the first obvious questions you have to ask. If you're bringing your own computer and laptop or tablet, you can make any software you want. But at the end of the day, I think there's certain kids who are pretty technologically smart. You can make hack something or make a system that they can look up answers during the test right so that's something they're gonna have to prevent and i'm not sure how they could prevent that right also one of the things about the sat that i guess is different is that you hand in the test it probably takes how long three to four weeks to get it back right nowadays yeah, in the current weeks. system it kind of i'm not gonna say it makes it less stressful but it's almost like a little better because you kind of forget about it whatever and you're not stressing about it for a few i weeks. did not forget about my i did not forget about my act at all okay but think about it imagine you go in to take the test you submit it and you get the results back immediately i think assume about, it won't be immediate i assume it'll because because they have to there are kids who have extended time right there are kids who take it over two days so i feel like they'll probably still wait i don't know and also i mean because every Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that like on a random Saturday when you're taking it, everyone across the country is taking the same exact test. Am I wrong about that? Yes, you're correct. So I assume they'll have to wait like a week or so to actually put the results out. So you don't think like you press submit and then you see your score? No, no. Imagine how stressful that'd be. You just press submit and you see your score immediately. You're like, holy no, shit. No, that, that, that would be crazy if you, if you saw it in the classroom. I don't, I don't think that'll happen. 
Yeah. Do you think colleges should do away with standardized testing or not? Um, do away with it? No. I think it still makes sense. I still, I think it still makes sense to accept it from students. However, I, I, I kind of evolved my thinking on this. I do think it makes sense to not require it just because you've seen kind of it's, it's meant to be a standardized test where everyone has an equal shot of doing well on it. But you see how the scored distribution is so stratified by socioeconomic position, right? Because certain students have the ability to pay for an outside tutor for these tests, which obviously helps. And I don't know, I think that it's still a good benchmark because if you get like a 35 or 36 or you get a 1550 or whatever, I think that does so indicate that not a sign of your intelligence, but a sign of your aptitude and your ability to take these kind of tests, right? And that's a good benchmark, I think. But there are students who aren't good test takers or who are super intelligent, have a bad day or anything because, or, or maybe they shouldn't have the advantages that someone else did. So I think it makes sense to accept them and it's helpful if you get it, but it, sh- it certainly should not be the be all and end all. And I, I do think it makes sense to kind of allege, I mean, schools already say they're taking it in context. So, you know, do with that what you will. But I think it makes sense to not require it anymore. You don't think it's a little, I'm not going to say unfair, but a little, whatever, let me just say unfair. You don't think it's a little unfair that a student with good grades and like a 1550 SAT gets rejected from a top school while they're taking students who don't submit SAT scores who would have gotten 1300s. And they Yeah, I mean, it. it sucks for the kid who got 1550. But I also think that kids get rejected from college all the time for sometimes for no reason, right? Like these super selective colleges, it, it does feel very random sometimes, right? Where yeah, they true. take kids who they take kids who you're like, how did this kid get in over me? And then you might get in somewhere where people are like, how did this kid get in over me, right? So at these places, it can be like, it can be as little as like one sentence in your essay, right? Where they're like, oh, I didn't love this. Because they take like 10 minutes on each person. So I, I just think it's it's hard to point to one exact, unless you're applying to like Harvard with a an 800 on your SAT. I think it's hard to point to one aspect of your application that would get you rejected from a certain place. Maybe the kid at 1550 had some advantages that other kids didn't, and maybe they didn't, but that'll be reflected as well in their essays and in their like school report and all that stuff. So I don't know. It, the college process is super unfair, and it, it does not make a lot of sense to anyone, but that's just kind of the way it works here in the United States. Chris has practiced this speech in the shower many times. I this have is, not. This is a well-rehearsed speech right here, ladies and gentlemen. You disagree? You think the college process is fair? For no, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to give you a different point of view, perhaps, to make it more interesting. No, I, uh, and again, I don't think you're wrong, right? Like, I agree. I think it is very unfair when that happens. But that's just kind of the way it goes sometimes with these no, because colleges. You are, you are somebody who did well in their standardized testing, so... I feel like for students who did well in their standardized testing, they sometimes find it unfair that they're not getting into schools when people are getting into schools who have much worse oh, no. standardized testing. Like when I would, when we were seniors and I was like getting rejected from certain schools, I thought it was super unfair. I would because all the numbers were up at all these colleges. Remember our senior year because of the optional testing, and I thought it was super unfair. And I still think it's unfair, but I also understand why 
those standardized tests are not a good indicator of intelligence. Yes, but because we like I don't know I don't know about you, but I certainly benefited. Not that like I will say that my standardized test person was not helpful at all and didn't actually improve my score. But I was able to benefit. He's from, just a natural genius, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, what can I say? But I did benefit from having an outside tutor, and also like we both went to a very good private school, which obviously just helped our scores just by being in such a good environment. Well, I think obviously people who get fantastic standardized test scores are going to want schools to not be test optional, obviously. So it's a little bit of a biased perspective. Yeah, it, and also like I'm, we're already in college, right? So it doesn't affect us anymore. So you know, yeah. I could see this being a different opinion for someone who's 17 and applying to colleges next year. Also, it did work out for us, but I would let's just say I'm a very smart student who gets rejected from all the schools they applied to because same of same. I I like you can you can get really good grades and good scores yeah. and still and get rejected from like 70 percent of your schools. Yeah. So it could be a little frustrating, but I agree with what Chris was saying. It's almost and the problem is there's no way to make a standardized test like fair for all people. That's the issue, yeah, right? Yeah, there's not. There's no like way. if the, if there was a way to make the standardized test like an equal playing field for all students, then obviously that would be the solution. But that's just not the case, and it will never be the case. Yeah, I agree. So I guess test optional is the way to go. And I thought the new SAT. I don't disagree with them, but it's a little frustrating that they didn't. Well, do I just that. think they're now desperately trying to make themselves relevant again, and it's not working. What do you make themselves? You you think they see that the, everything's like you think the SAT notices that in ten years they're going to be gone if they don't yeah. do something? Yes. I mean, at least it's an attempt, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm curious to see if that makes like more students take the ACT versus SAT. We'll see about that too. All right, Chris. We said this was going to be a quick episode. We're already probably thirty minutes in on Best of the Internet. Yeah. So let's just move right along into our NFL preview. We'll be back after this quick break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Good best the internet segment there. Uh, now we are back with our NFL picks as the weeks go by. Our NFL picks segment will be going away soon as we only have two more real weeks of football. So we'll see what we do so after. Sad. When football ends, we'll see what we do with the podcast, Chris. Uh, but for now, let's just look at the AFC and NFC championship games. We have the Kansas City Chiefs. Versus the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, picks have been kind of looking down for me the last couple weeks. I was hot during the regular season. It's kind of cooled off a little bit over the past couple weeks. Chris is catching up. But the way we're going to do it this week, since there's only two games, is we're going to take, obviously, pick one from pick the two games. Then we're going to take the over under on the two games. And then we're going to do one player prop. Uh, so that's five picks in total. Chris, is that what you have? Five picks. Oh, no. I did one player prop for each game. I can knock one of them off, though, if you want. Uh, actually, I'll add one, so that's not okay. a problem. We'll, yeah. do, we'll do six, So I have then. six, yeah. Uh, well, then I got to add one more, but that shouldn't be a problem. All, All right, right. I'll so introduce... Let me, let me introduce the game. Go for your... Give me your first game, then your pick. Yeah, so let's start with the NFC Championship. 49ers at the Rams. The 49ers have beaten the Rams... Three, twice already this year and Sammy I, I think this is an important stat to let you know make you aware of so far the outright winner in the 10 games of the playoff has also covered right so that means that in every game so far of these playoffs the winner of the game has covered the spread and in 31 of the last 34 playoff games 
the winners cover the spread, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that basically in these games, what you want to do is just pick who you think is going to win, and they're probably going to cover the spread. Does that make sense? I understand. So with that being said, I'm picking the 49ers. And this is not like a plus three and a half, whatever. They are plus three and a half. I just think they're going to win this game. I know it is. People always say that it's hard to beat a team three times. That's not actually true. Statistically, the third time is the easiest time to beat them, I believe. So I'm on the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay for the past three or four years. I think that everyone's like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. I I mean, I don't honestly think that Matt Stafford is that much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they both have serious opportunities for dumb interceptions. I certainly see both players here throwing like one interception where you're like, what were you thinking? I think that the 49ers, the difference for them, they're so fast. They're so athletic. I've been riding them all playoffs. I just, I see them winning this game outright. Debo Samuel, I don't think you can stop him. The running game is just too good. And as for the Rams, like they're a good team. I just, I think, I mean, Cam Akers was bad last week. And I think that as long as your game plan does not involve letting Cooper Cup run straight lines by you, you'll be in a good spot in this game. So I'm picking the 49ers plus three and a half. Should you move over under two, Sammy? I'm actually going to switch my pick. Okay, yeah, so I'll just roll directly my over-under. So no, 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 I, no, relax, relax. Uh, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, okay, go I'm ahead. ready. Go ahead. So you're taking 49ers uh, plus three and a half, correct? I am. So I'm going to listen to your little speech about you pick the team that you think's going to win, correct? That's your little yes. speech about covering the spread. Honestly, when I first saw this, I thought the I think the Rams are going to win this game, but I kind of took the 49ers because... I think they're going to keep it close. I have the feeling that the 49ers would lose by a field goal and they lose by three points and the Rams would lose the spread. But listening to Chris's little speech now and his little pick over there, I've actually changed my mind. I don't think the 49ers win this game. I think okay. this is the okay. I, I think this is the Rams' year. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I think they're winning the Super Bowl. Uh, the only reason I took the 49ers is because I think they're going to keep it close. But now on second thoughts, I feel like three and a half is very few points to bet a team losing buy to win a spread right so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna listen to chris and i'm gonna take the rams minus three and a half and trust i know they're gonna win the game but i'm gonna trust that they're gonna cover the spread too and if the rams go ahead and win by three points then i will say chris your speech was horrible you know what i i don't agree with your pick but i'm glad that my stats helped you out there yeah i don't think there's a way the 49ers really win this game i think the rams are gonna okay that's fair all right sammy so the over under in this game is 45 and a half I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. Let's go. That's the lock. Yeah, of the week. I just that's I want to root for points here. So that's, yeah, that's, over on is, that. I'm gonna say that's the lock of the week. Yeah, I'll go with that actually. I'll lock that into forty five and a half lock of the week. Perfect. I mean that seems very low. Yeah. And then my player prop for this game is Jimmy Garoppolo over two thirty two and a half passing yards. I like that. Yeah. I just I don't think he's gonna do it. So I went against my initial instinct to say over on that. 232.5. Can you give me Debo Samuel's receiving yards, please? Uh, Yeah, give me like two seconds. I have 50 and a half. I just want to confirm that you have a similar number. Just go with that and I'll correct you if I need to. Fine. I'm taking Debo Samuel over 50 and a half receiving yards. 
Obviously, the whole rushing receiving thing, we're not really sure where most of his yards are going to go. But in this game, I do think the 49ers are going to fall behind. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. And let's be honest, Debo Samuel over 50 receiving yards really isn't that many. Uh, I think that can be done in one catch by him. I think he has a much bigger I, game I have uh, 53 and a half here. Fine, I'll take over Is that what 50. you had? What do you have? I had 50 and a half. I'll, do you want me to do 53 and a half? I'll take 53 and a half. Yeah, that works. Fine, we'll go Debo over 53 and a half receiving yards. I think it's a pretty easy bet. I think he goes six for 120. This It's actually pretty low in my mind. So, uh, I'll take that. You take Jimmy G over. I have a feeling if Jimmy G over hits, Debo's over will also hit in receiving yards. Yeah, that works. So, uh, should I move on, Sammy? Yeah, so just to clarify, I'm taking Rams minus three and a half. I'm taking the over, and I'm taking Debo over 53 and a half. Chris is taking the... 49ers plus three and a half. He's also taking the over on the game and the over on Jimmy G. Yes, I am. Exactly. All right. So the other game is the Bengals versus the Chiefs. The Bengals are plus seven and a half here. So I'm going to take the speech I just gave and throw it out the window. I think the Chiefs win this game, but I hate them so much that I will not bet on them. I'm picking the Bengals plus seven and a half. Oh, Jesus. I knew you were going to do that, too. Uh, I, I admit I, this is emotional betting, but I just, I'm just i not going to bet on the Chiefs because I hate them. I, I have to take the Chiefs. I'm, I'm going to listen to a speech. I hate the Chiefs, too. This is going to be one of those games where I'm rooting for the Bengals, but I, I'm just going to take the smart pick here. I think the Bengals aren't... I think they're good, but they're, I don't think they're anywhere good enough. I think we're going to see a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl here. Uh, what else do you want me to say? I mean, Kansas City has looked spectacular. I think Buffalo is much better than Cincinnati. So if the Chiefs play anywhere near how they played last week, I think they should win this game by 14-plus points. I hope the Bengals keep it close, but I don't think they will. So here's my thought process. I mean, a couple weeks ago, the Bengals beat the Chiefs, so there's precedent. Also, last week, I realized that I don't like betting against teams that I'm rooting for very aggressively, like in the Bills game. I wanted the Bills to win almost from like the first snap. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm off my bet. I want the Bills to win this game so badly. And so I just don't want to be in position. You, you could call it an emotional hedge, right? It could be I pick the Chiefs and then I'm happy either way. But I'd rather just put all my eggs in one basket. We're riding with Bengals plus seven and a half. But in another way, if I take the Chiefs, but I want the Bengals to win no matter what happens in the game, I can be happy about something. Well, yeah, that's an emotional hedge, but I, I don't want to do that. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a sheep. I want to... All right, I well, think the Bengals are going to win. I'm rooting for them. I'm picking them. I'm a sheep, apparently. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus seven. Okay. The over-under is 54 and a half. What are you rolling with, Sammy? Uh, I'm hitting the over, of course. I am picking the under. You know why? Uh, you know why? Why? Because the over, 78% of people pick the over in this game. And so that means that there's no way that eight in 10 people are right. So I'm picking the under. Okay, that's a dumb reason. You think 8 in 10 people are winning their bets on this game, Sammy? No. So I'm picking the under. Well, I'm just writing down your picks so I can laugh at them. Later. That's a high number, too. 54 and a half is 5, 6, 7. It's, it's 8 touchdowns you need for that number. It's a high number. How many points were scored last week? A lot, but I mean, come on. There were 25 after the 2-minute warning. That's What's There's the, no way that's going to happen again. 85 points were scored last week. The Bills are better than the Bengals. I think if, this is like a- so. I think if if the Bengals win this game, I see them winning it like twenty-one-seven, and I win the bet easily. 
no, this just seems like a very high passing game where Jimmy, not Jimmy G, where Joe Burrow's gonna be throwing the ball a ton and Patrick Mahomes gonna be throwing the ball a ton, and it just looks like another like Chiefs are gonna win thirty eight to twenty three. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I, I low-key like, very much agree with you, but I still just think that there's no way everyone can be right on this pick. Oh, Jesus. All right, what's your uh, player prop on this one? My player prop is Patrick Mahomes over 26.5 rushing yards. Uh, what? Yeah. It's a, it's a low number of rushing yards. Okay, but that's such a dumb, like, that's such like a brand, that's like a hit or miss, right? That's not really a logical bet. That's just like, okay, maybe he'll run a couple times. What do you think? What, what's your pick, Sammy? I'm taking Jamar Chase over 80 and a half receiving yards. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. He's had 100 plus yards every single game the last five years. Actually, I think, I think they'll have to lock in on him. Okay, wait, wait. How many rushing yards did Mahomes have last week? 70. One second. I need, I'm just going to look at this pick quickly. I need to do some analysis on this one before I mock Mahomes here. had seven carries, 69 yards, one touchdown. Okay, well, because he had did he had like a fifty yard rush? No, he had like a twenty yard rush in the on that first drive. He rushed for fifty yards on like four four plays in a row. I don't hate this pick. My problem with it is it's just like such a hit or miss. Like who knows, right? Yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be. All well, right, I'm riding so, with it, and I'm taking Jamar Chase over eighty point five receiving yards. Okay, great. Wow, those are right. our picks, Sammy. I actually feel good about mine. I do too, actually. I don't feel I feel bad about the under, but I'm sticking with it. I feel underdog. bad about the Bengals, but I'm sticking with it. So you're you know. taking the underdogs in both games, there, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I am actually. I don't know the way I, I see think this, the Chiefs are going to win, but I just don't want to. I don't want to have my money on them. I mean, the way I see this, the Rams and the Chiefs are just much superior teams than the Bengals and 49ers. So I think it's the I, I, I honestly I don't agree with your Rams. Like I think the Rams are not that good. Well, okay, we'll see about that this weekend when they win by 25 points. Okay, we will. We will see that, Sammy. All right, another big weekend of football, but tomorrow's the Pegasus World Cup. I will be attending, Chris. The what? The Pegasus World Cup is tomorrow. I will be attending. Is that, uh, what's that, horse racing? Yes, indeed it is. Gulfstream oh, Park. Very the exciting. second richest horse race in America, I believe. Really? Really? Yes. The matchup between Nixco and Life is Good coming to you tomorrow, post time approximately 6 p.m. Awesome. I'll be reporting. I'll be reporting live. If you want to, to wait. Actually, I don't know what time. But look it up. If you want to watch the race, it's probably around five thirty-six. Okay. Yeah. You can give us a report on uh, Monday or Tuesday. I'll be I'll be sideline reporting from that event. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I think we once again went over our thirty-five minute deadline. I don't. Here. I think we actually. I think we're. I think we're maybe around forty minutes right now. All right. Well, that's definitely a success then. All right, everyone. Good episode. Any final words, Sammy? I have nothing else to say. I'm hoping for a Bengals-Rams Super Bowl, but I think it's going to be a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Good episode, everyone.